Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to our special Hawks Insiders recap podcast with a special guest. Um, I'm not going to keep him waiting because he's jumped on the line very promptly. His name is Will Day Hawthorne. Now we can say star midfielder. Uh, Andrew Weiss, hello. G'day, Ash. Hey. Uh, very, very excited. Uh, can play Will Day uh, and really looking forward to hearing his thoughts on the rest of the season since last time we spoke to him. And without uh, any more hesitation, Will Day, welcome back to Hawks Insiders. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. Always a pleasure. Good to have you here. Now, we noticed this is day four, day five of your off-season. So we want to know, firstly, how many buckets of KFC have you consumed? Uh, and uh, what else have you eaten and had to drink in the last few days that you, you would stay away from when you're uh, in-season and pre-season? Yeah, we um, were treated to some KFC post-game, which was nice. And then um, I probably had a few armies from the pubs that we've been at um which i wouldn't usually have and yeah we had a good few days together which was really fun and um was able to celebrate the season and the progress we'd made uh so we'll just maybe to uh end some you know a common debate amongst some of our listeners when you get those palmers uh chips on the side or chips underneath how should it be done Oh, it has to be chips on the side because when they're underneath, you take them out anyway. So chips on the side. How long have you got to, I mean, we'll get, we'll talk about the season a little bit, but how long have you got to basically just eat what you like, do what you like before you get a text message from Peter Bird saying, right, boys, it's time to switch on. And that's well before you go back to training. But I know that there'll be a date when you've actually got to start looking after yourself. How long have you got? Yeah, so this past week we've sort of been going over our off-season program and um, we had medicals in at the club and they sort of went through individually with your off-season program. So um, we have about two weeks where it's just let your body fully reset, recover, and then pretty much from there you're not into it. You sort of get moving and uh, I guess the program starts really light, get the body moving again. And pretty much from there, right up until we go back, it's a bit of an upward trend of just um, incorporating speed and change of direction, I guess, a lot closer to when we do get back. You've had your exit interview. What, and don't have to go into specifics of yours in particular, but what is the, who goes, how long I go for, who's in the meeting and what are the really broad areas of, is it a two-way conversation or is it sort of a one-way conversation? Yeah, so you have about 15 minutes um, in the room. You've got Sam, you have your mentor, coach, and um, Burgie's in there as well. And um, you really go in and Sam, I think to everyone, just first of all says, what do you want to talk about? So it's definitely not just them giving you feedback. It's very much a two-way conversation um, which is really important because then you're both on the same page and um, you're both talking about the things that uh, everyone thinks is going to benefit you going forward. So they're all yeah, really nice to have and um, you go, go out of them with a really clear plan. And my exit interview last year helped me a lot to 
put me in good stead for the preseason that I had. And to players talk amongst each other about your exit interviews, you know, like kids after parent-teacher interviews talk about the good things and the bad things. Do you, with your close, the, your closer mates at the club, go, oh, you know, this is what we talked about and and that sort of stuff? Yeah, you do a bit just naturally. When they walk out, you sort of make eyes and um, get a gauge with how it went, but... Yeah, I think if you get roasted, you prob- they're probably not going into the finer details. But, um, yeah, you do sort of ask what's happening, which is good to know sort of where it runs out. And when you are close to them, you can help them out with stuff as well. And then it must be tricky because not everyone walks out of those exit interviews uh, either thinking they're in a place where they were when they went in or, you know, we'll get into some of the trade and the silly season stuff shortly. Um, What about that side of stuff in terms of players talking about wanting to leave about the club, talking about players exploring other opportunities? Does that sort of stuff filter through quickly amongst the playing group? Um, I wouldn't say, I guess you always hear of the rumors and things like that, but, the specifics doesn't really filter through. You sort of have a gauge of what's going on. And also for us, Box Hill uh, hoping to go pretty deep into finals. So they probably have to hold off with those conversations for a bit longer than other AFL clubs that didn't make VFL finals. So um, I guess you have a rough gauge, but in terms of the specifics, you don't, you don't really know too well unless it's, obvious and they've someone's requested a trade or something like that in your time in the club now four years have you heard stuff you know the trade spent you know, a million blogs and radio reports is it do you hear stuff that's new to you or do you pretty much you pretty much across everything you hear about hawthorne and the trade gossip before it gets out yeah i'd say we're all pretty in the loop um we sort of get a gauge before it sort of hits the media. It might be sort of one day earlier. Um, but whenever there's nothing really that comes out in the media that you look and you're like, oh, wow. Um, you've always sort of got an inkling to the things that are going on, which is pretty exciting to be in the know. And um, then when it hits the media, it's funny seeing all the uproar, all the comments and things like that. So, yeah, it's been pretty funny. You don't have a burner account on Big Footy, do you? No, 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 <laughs> not me. And so, what about then the the rumours that come from players from other clubs? Um, and because you know, ten years ago, as a fan, you'd be doing exactly the same stuff as us and messaging mates, and oh, this has dropped. And so, what about now? Like, you know, in the in the last forty eight hours, we've heard news about Asava. We've heard about Ben McKay. We've heard about Henry from Frio. Do you, when a piece of news from someone from a different club drops, gossip like that? Are you guys messaging or like, have you got a WhatsApp group that you? Uh, have a little chat about wouldn't he be good or we've been linked to this guy or any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, a few of the boys that I'm closer with, it's just straight into our group chats and um, when we do find out, we're usually in there straight away and it's pretty exciting to hear some names um, that are being thrown around and, um, yeah, hopefully we can snag a few. 
All right, we'll move on from there because we don't want to get into trouble. Um, <laughs> a few days on from the season now, we, and you start to reflect, and it starts to be in the review mirror a little bit. Just what are your thoughts overall of the season, both first for yourself and also for the team? Yeah, I think you know, I'll just start with the team. We, Although the wins um, didn't amount to too many, I think we just made a lot of progress throughout the year, which was really pleasing and uh, I guess we were really positive going into the year and the external noise probably wasn't the same but it's nice that they've sort of caught on um, now and I guess we're getting a bit of external belief which it isn't about that at all but um, it's nice that it sort of comes along and it's a little feather in the cap for us and yeah, I guess that brings a little bit more expectation going into next year, which we're going to have to learn to play with. I guess this year there wasn't that expectation, so it was probably a little bit easier to just go out and no matter the result, it didn't matter too much. So that's going to be our next step going into next year with a bit more expectation because if we come 16th again, then it is a fail and not as positive as this year. So... I was just really happy with the progress we've made and I guess the back half of the year, just a lot more consistency within games and week to week as well, which I think has been the biggest thing. That first half of the year was very, um, I guess you as supporters, you you wouldn't really know what we're getting week to week, but then also in certain games, there could be quarters where we just dropped off. Um, so I think that's probably been the most pleasing thing this year. Um, and then personally, I guess it's probably consistency as well. Um, getting finally getting the body right, and yeah, I was able to do some things that I knew I could do this year. And um, to do that consistently for the year, I was really happy that I could do that for the team. It must have been about round 12 or 13 when we spoke to you last, and obviously, we, we talked a lot about the. The, the discussions through the preseason, the move into the midfield. And, and at that point, everything was tracking well. But, uh, you know, that consistency and having your body right, playing a full season as a midfielder, like the second half of the season must have gone, um, you know, must have been perfect in terms of those expectations personally. Yeah, my goal was to not miss a game through to injury. So apart from those two suspension um, games that I missed, I was able to tick off that goal, which was really nice for me. By the end of the year, the body was feeling it a bit, had a few niggles here and there. But um, yeah, if I had those niggles in the past, I probably wouldn't have played a few games. But to have a bit more durability and resilience in my body was really nice to see and yeah it was a good way to sort of finish the year with a few wins as well you told us one of your goals was to make all australian top 40 um you didn't get there but do you, do you overall are you disappointed with that or do you look upon it all as, as, as a pretty good season nonetheless yeah i think there was times throughout the year where i probably could have changed the goal but um i think we spoke about it last time that i i just keep the same goal and the fact that I didn't get there, but I was pretty close um, means I, it was worth having that goal set there rather than setting it lower. And if I did tick off a lower goal, then um, I probably would have been happy, but it probably wouldn't have played as well. So 
um yeah not so much disappointed more just um yeah just move on and i know i've got bigger things to come anyway but the the um i guess the recognition from teammates as being one of the three effectively nominated for the mvp award last night would would uh, be encouraging for you in terms of getting that recognition internally yeah i think this year i've built a lot more trust on the field i think i'd built that away from game day and around the club but this year i was able to gain their trust and just be reliable which um, i'm really pleased about now that i can say that they trust me both on and off the field which is nice Tell us about John Newcomb's season. Um, he did make the he did make the squad. I probably didn't deserve to make the final team, but recognition of a fantastic season. His growth has been quite incredible over two years. Just what's it like to play with him from week to week? Yeah, watching him watching his season last year, that probably I looked at that and gave me a bit of motivation to sort of follow in his footsteps and for him to go back to back and uh, have an even better year was pretty impressive and yeah on game day you just know what you're going to get from him now you know that he's going to be in and under and then the way he takes the game on is pretty special as well which is something within our team we really pride just using your weapons and backing yourself and I think he sort of epitomizes that and his um, kickings improved so much as well like his ball use this year was a great strength of his which is a credit to him and I think the more games we play together, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool going forward. There's no doubt. I mean, with yourself and Jai and, um, and Warps and Connor Nash. And uh, I mean, there's no doubt that our midfield unit was the most successful unit across the ground all season. And, and certainly from where we were at last year to the numbers we're pulling this year in terms of contested footy and, um, and clearances and and that sort of stuff. It, it was just incredible to to watch as a fan. Do you guys feel that as players and as a midfield group, how you know strongly you built together throughout the year? And and that's obviously not even mentioning the rotations through of Connor McDonald and and of Josh Ward and you know the other kids coming through to play in that midfield group. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to see. We were doing, um, as we do each week, just scouting for opposition teams. And when we'd come up against a team that we had already played this year, we'd go back and sort of look at the centre bounces early on in the year and to see sort of some of the, even the structural stuff and the way we were exiting stoppages, it was just so different to what we're doing now. And um, to see that growth within the year, but also year to year, um, it was, yeah, really cool to see. And uh, I think I think it's been a great balance of having a good system, but then, as I said, using our weapons as well. And David Hale, our mids coach, he provides an environment where we sort of stick to this structure, but then from there you just play footy. And um, I guess because we were so clear, we didn't really have to think about that structural stuff. That was just sort of in our subconscious. And then we were just, yeah, out there to use our weapons. Was the Collingwood game the best game of the year, the highlight of the year for you? Yeah, definitely. That's 
probably the highlight of my career so far, um, just because we had built that game up to be such a big occasion. And it wasn't like we went in there and we just said, oh, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just go out and try and win. We actually had a clear plan and we're able to execute that against the top team. So to be able to do that with a young group, um, that was really promising. And that was the game where I think everyone on the outside said, oh, yeah, these guys um, can be something pretty cool. How did you enjoy the crowd, the noise? It was the, it was the closest thing Hawthorne's had to a final, I think, since they last played a final. This the, the vibe and the buzz of the day, how much did you enjoy that? Yeah, to me, it felt like that's what a final would be like. And, um, yeah, just to be able to be ahead of that game the whole time as well was pretty cool. It wasn't like we just came from behind and snagged a win. To have control over such a hostile environment, like they had a pretty big number of fans there. Um, it was pretty cool. And yeah, it was in that last quarter, it was made all the little moments really big um, and just getting those little things done. Uh, it showed in those high pressure situations, you just need to be fun to, fundamentally sound, which we that's what we took away from that game that we just did all the basics really well, the best we had for the year. Just a question about um, becoming a midfielder and firstly, very grateful that you signed your contract early in the season and didn't make us all hang and wait till later in the year. Um, Cause the, the world day aura and what you can become as a footballer has clearly grown as the season's gone on. And certainly externally from Hawthorne, like now there's a genuine belief that, like you're the player on our list that has absolute A-grade superstar potential. Do you feel that and do you carry that and is it difficult having those sorts of high expectations on you? Um, yeah, I guess I sort of have felt that a little bit more this year. Um, I've always felt really supported and loved and um, backed by the Hawthorne supporters, but I guess now it's a little bit more on the outside, but um, Adrian Hickmott, my mentor, has been really great for me this year. Um, he always says that with great talent comes great responsibility. Um, took that from Spider-Man and changed it up a little bit. But he, all throughout the year, I guess he really instilled that into me and um, to sort of embrace that. And I think that's what I've been able to do this year. And I guess that's come out in my performance as well and also why I'm really excited for the more expectation to come and the more responsibility whereas in previous years I probably would have looked at it and it would have been a little bit daunting but yeah now I'm taking it with open arms and I want to ask you there... about go on gosh I do want to ask about um one of you I think it's one of your good mates at the club a bit of forgotten man is CJ. We're at the stage now where Hawthorne supporters are all picking their best 23s for next season. And a lot of people don't have CJ in there. Are they making uh, a grievous error? How, what's his frame What's his uh, frame of mind at the moment? And what's he, what are the challenges in, in front of him? Yeah, well, we had to do our um, best 23 going into the exit interview as well for next year. And he slotted straight into my halfback flank and, um, yeah, he's gone through a bit of a rough patch this year. 
I think his body just can't really handle his explosiveness and just the raw athleticism that he has at this stage. And he's this offseason, he'll be doing everything he can to get that right. And I'm really excited because, yeah, a bit like me, when I went through my injuries, I can just see his resilience and his mentality really developing because of this. And at the moment, it's really yeah heartbreaking for him just to be out for so long of this year but I think in the long term this is going to be really good for him and I think next year will be coming in as hungry as ever so I'm I'm really excited he's going to do a different program isn't he they're going to try and change things up a bit uh, Birdie's going to take a different approach with him yeah just with his groins and things like that um I mean having Birdie at the club we've we got one of the best in the business so We've all got full faith in him and CJ's got a really good relationship with him. So, um, yeah, between him and Jack Price, our rehab coordinator, they'll, yeah, sort of look after CJ on the side. So CJ onto a halfback flank of your starting 23 for next year. Who are the guys um, that you think fans should be most excited about for next season? Yeah, I think... A somewhat obvious one would be Cam McKenzie. I think there's been glimpses of when he's played that we can all tell he's going to be a star. Um, But I think a preseason, knowing firsthand how much it can help, um, I think him with a preseason under his belt, he'll just add a bit more of that sort of burst speed that he does have, but we just haven't really seen it as much at AFL level. And you see him play at VFL, putting up some pretty good games. So I, I would expect to see a lot more of that next year. Um, another one I'd probably, oh, but Josh Weddle and Henry Husway, probably both of them as well. Like Josh Weddle's frame and athleticism at the moment is just ridiculous for his age. So I think a bit more of the footy stuff over the preseason will be really good for him. Um, and then Henry Husway, he's just he's got a lot of nice things in his in his package. So um, yeah, I think again a preseason for him will be awesome. Weddle will be incredible with an actual AFL preseason in him. I mean, he did this this year basically coming in in December and being held back like they do with all the draftees. I can imagine what's going to happen again when Peter Birch gets a full uh, to get a full summer into him. Yeah, well, I think he's going to be one that they're going to have to watch to not um, just eat up what they're giving him and get, do a few extras. So, yeah, he'll be he'll be pretty cool to see. Do you think that next year, just um, just in terms of you and your midfield role, um, like you were that good this year that uh, a, a number of supporters, and again, when you look at numbers and obviously rotations through the middle and trying to spread it over a number of people wanted to see more of you in the middle has there been any sort of discussion around your role next year in terms of more midfield minutes or being used similarly as a utility when needed to go back or what's the plan for you for next year yeah we haven't really spoken about the specifics in too much detail I guess I probably did play a bit less midfield minutes than the other mids, but um, I was probably pretty grateful too. And I think I've been able to keep developing my game at both ends of the ground. And 
I try and pride myself on my versatility and I'd like to think that I can play in any position, but I also don't want that to take away from where I think I am best, which is in the middle. So there's a bit of a balance that we got to find out. But yeah, I think with so many mids on our list that by next year um, should warrant going in the middle, I think I'd like to spend majority midfield and then have a position where I can um, have an impact as well. So Box Hill is still playing. Um... But it's a tricky. It's interesting from a sort of managing the whole list point of view because I see you came back November thirteenth on the first of four year players. You get an extra week now. Congratulations as a fifth year player. But there's not actually a lot of time. It's, it seems to be a slightly more compressed off season, and you've got the Peter Crimmins medal right in the slap bang in the middle of that. So what are your movements? Are you going to hang around for Box Hill, or are you actually going to try and get your? I think you're going to America to see Jackson Ross play or something. Are you going to do that quite soon? What, what are your movements? Yeah, so I'm actually still classified as a first to four year player because they go based on years completed. So, ah. um, yeah, because I've finished my fourth year, I'm still a first to four. So I'll be I'll be back early. Ah. Um, so yeah, straight after best and Ferris, which as you said as you said is right in the middle of our break, um, we'll head off to America. We'll see him play and. Um, try and watch a bit of NBA, um, NFL, and just really as much sport as possible. And obviously training pretty hard while we're over there because, as you said, it sort of is compressed and it is sneaking up on preseason. So, um, yeah, we're pretty excited for that. That'll be good fun. I played the boys uh, in our WhatsApp group. I said around the uh, the pregame hype for the University of Tennessee and they all sing Rocky Top. Have you learnt the words and are you going to be – decked out in orange and white for uh, when you go watch Jackson play? No, we haven't learned the words, but we'll, we'll definitely all be buying some Jackson Ross uh, Guernseys. And I think we might be the only ones in the stadium with the punter's name on the back of our shirt. So it should be pretty funny. Uh, who's going with you and um, who's missed the cut? Because it seems like... It's a very, very tight-knit group of players, but I assume that, well, not everyone's going. Who's part of your travelling group? Um, it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of the guys that um, have have a relationship with Rossi from when he was at the club. So there's me, uh, Maury, Scrim, CJ, Finn, um, and then also... One of our mates, Maury's best mate outside of footy, um, Wexy as well. So someone like Connor McDonald would have been keen to come, but he won't be 21. Um, so can't drink. he's sort of getting <laughs> left behind a little bit. But yeah, we're all, we're all really excited. You said in postcards. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the Box Hill boys, are you going to try and get out and watch their play? Yeah, we'll go out to Werribee this Saturday and, um, yeah, really follow them. Hopefully they can get a win this week, which could set them up. It's a bit weird because I haven't played Werribee this year. So um, it should be a good showing. So now that you're a potential A-list or A-grade footballer, what's the invite list like? Have you been invited to Spring Carnival? Are you getting invited to the races already and all the, the big events around town? And assuming on the Brownlow as well? Well, I was suspended this year, so oh, I don't, know, I I don't know if the Brownlow invites there. Can't you go as a plus one? No, nah, well, I, I could go as Maury's plus one, but um, no, nah, I probably won't head along. But 
yeah, I've, oh, the managers asked a bit about the races and things like that, but yeah, I'll probably give them a miss. <laughs> good, uh, good to hear. Um, also, um, does Sam address the group once? I'm just back to expecto. Does Sam address the group at all? Give a sort of a big G up speech just to plant some seeds for next. I know you haven't set goals, but has he planted a seed already for what he thinks uh, should be happening over the next twelve months with the team? Yeah, so we had um, a bit of a review um, Tuesday, which we all went in for, and um, yeah, he pretty much. Uh, we had a presentation from Burgi, had a presentation from him as well and really spoke about just progress is the biggest thing for us and we're able to make progress this year, but um, it's about the progress that we make and he was looking in the short term about the importance of this off-season and trying to get it right so then we can really attack pre-season when we do get back and I guess he's sort of said that um, we won't really be able to tell how much we progress until round one. So it's not like during a year you can sort of see week to week. So I guess we got to find some motivation to just keep grinding away without sort of having those checkpoints along the way. But you must, I mean, again, there's so many of you that are Hawk fans, right? Before playing for the club. So you you must do the same as all of us in terms of, okay, winning 10 or 11 games next year's progress. But if we get one or two of those big name recruits, as if you don't in conversation go, oh, well, you know, if we can get off to a good start, maybe we can maybe we can win enough games to play finals next year instead of the year after. Yeah, I think I think all of us internally, we we think we can get to finals next year and I guess that's like um, me setting my goals for this year. You'd rather set a bit higher. There's no point saying, oh, let's try and finish 10th to 12th. Um, there's just no point in really doing that. So I I want us to be playing finals this year, which we're all really excited about. And we know when we are playing consistent footy and after this year and another preseason and the more games we play together, we're on we're on the way. So as you said, a few targets would be nice, but um, yeah, either way, I'd like to think we're pushing. Do you get involved in? I mean, there's list. We talked about before at list management. Do players get involved in? Like, do you get asked to ring a player, a prospective recruit, and meet him for a coffee or a meal, and just have a chat to him about from a player's perspective what it's like at, at the footy club, or do you stay right out? No, there is a little bit just with, um, say, if players had played juniors with him or sort of ones that are connected to him, it wouldn't it wouldn't really be me trying to get a WA guy over. Um, so if there's a connection there, I guess um, it's more to let him know an insight into the culture, and it's probably more that player wanting to speak to someone as well more than the club forcing it. So yeah, there is a bit here and there, but I wouldn't say it's a massive part of it. And that's at the direction of the club or a manager rather than you just doing off your own bat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of both, a bit of talk from the guy that's interested and it would probably only be to a player that is having serious talks to the club as well. Now you bought a house last time we spoke to you. And that was the, the uh, source of great conjectures that people so I thought, well, he's going back to Adelaide. Have you taken possession yet or do you have to go in and uh, 
rent it out yourself or are you leaving that to your folks to take care of or, or your management? No, it happened really quickly, really. I think the settle was uh, the settlement was 30 days and then sort of a week after that, we had people in straight away. So they've been going well there and haven't really thought about it since. So yeah, it's worked out pretty seamlessly. And how much time we- do you spend in Adelaide in the next few weeks? Um, I'll head back. I'll probably go for a week or two. Um, previous years, I've probably spent a lot more time. Like my first year, I was probably back there for as long as I could be. Whereas now, because I am so comfortable here and my family was able to come over a bit more this year, um, it's been nice. And I'll sort of just go back to sort of check in with everyone. But yeah, get back here and train with the boys. We just want to make sure your tenants are on a 10-year lease not a four-year lease (laughs) well i think i think at the moment it's year by year so um yeah i might get in some negotiations with them all right i've got one more okay one more um just one i wanted to ask from an on-field point of view because you got to spend so many more minutes in the middle this year who were the opposition players that you got a good look at that you thought um, that's who I want to be like, or this is who I want to play like, or I can't believe how good the, this player or these players are that that maybe being in the guts gave you a different perspective. Yeah, the one that was probably the most relatable and um, fairly close to sort of Jai and I was Butters and Rosie. And um, yeah, I think there's a pretty direct comparison to those two, which... I think Jai and I sort of look up to and would love to get to where they're going and they're making some serious progress each year. Um, so they're the probably two that when we played them, we got um, rinsed by them as well. So just to see their pure power and also skill as well was pretty cool. And I guess with Rosie, I'd like to sort of emulate his power and explosiveness and I guess he's just pure impact on the game which is yeah it's been really cool to watch all right we're going to let, let you go uh just a quick some one word answers um who wins the premiership uh collingwood who wins a brown light? uh bond and three two one for the pcm oh wow put yourself in if you want yeah <laughs> oh i reckon I reckon I'd go three, sis, two, me, and then uh, first place, I'd go Jai. Wow. We'll see. Well, probably that is probably the trifecta. We'll be fascinated to see how it all shakes up. Uh, Will, it's been wonderful to chat to you as always. Um, it's been we've it's been a joy to watch you and your progress, your development this year. You know, pretty much everything you said you'd set out other than that top forty All Australian, you you achieved. So we've enjoyed being a take being part of that journey in a very, very small way. So thank you for joining us a few times this year. And hopefully we'll be able to touch base with you again in the, some say over the preseason. Uh, enjoy break. Well earned. Uh, I'm sure you'll take care of yourself, but take care of yourself anyway. And thanks for joining us. No, thanks guys. Always a pleasure to come on. That was Will Day and that was a good chat. Yeah, it's fresh how open and honest he is and not necessarily some of the toe-the-line uh, toe answers that you'd expect to hear and 
some good insight. Uh, I wonder, uh, I wouldn't mind uh, being in their WhatsApp group, that's for sure. Well, their WhatsApp group is probably as active as our WhatsApp group. Every time a player's name dropped and they're all, it'd be fascinating to take part of, be part of that group to see what they say when they're linked to a certain player. Imagine when they think about uh, Bigger Sava and they've got a preference between the Bigger Sava and uh, Ben Mackay. Yeah, what's also really good is, uh, I mean, we've we've we're lucky enough, Ash, doing this to be watching. Will at the same time, everyone's going to be listening to this through the pod. But like his facial expressions, depending on the questions that you're asking, like he's a fan as well. I think that's what endears him to so many fans is he's a fan of the club, and. Yeah, I think he's just as excited as we are about uh, about the future and the direction that we're heading in. I think he also feels a very broad sense of responsibility for the future of the club, which I think uh, is a credit to him as well, because really they are lumping the future on him and a few other guys as well. You know, the Dylan Moore, John Newcomb sort of uh, group of guys. So they, they've been they've basically said, it's your club, you take it where you want to take it. So and seem to be up for it. And a credit to as well. I mean, we talked at the start of the year about the the off field team that Sammy was putting together, and you know we put together all of our questions. And before we could ask them, he talked about Hickmott. He talked about David Hale. Like he's bringing them into the conversation as part of what they're all building together. So. That's exciting for me as well. And I agree, like he's invested in being the key man uh, as part of, you know, what what we're trying to put together. So, yeah, it was great chat. We thank him. We thank the footy club, obviously, for making him available to us this year. Hawks Insiders on Substack, $5 a month, $50 a year for great Hawthorne content. We are probably entering a busy phase now. Lots to write about, lots to cover off over the next little while with... Uh, the Festival of Steak Knives about to begin and the AFLW season starting and the Box Hill final. So lots for us to be across. Um, so join us on the spaces on Wednesday night and keep visiting the Substack for other great content. see it's been a pleasure. Back to work. Yeah, back to work. Pleasure's been both of ours, I think. Thanks, Ash. Another good one. We'll talk to you soon on Walking Riders. Thanks, Wilson. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more.